0: I'm Zarada Cordova, and you're listening to the Clash and Sabres Network.
1: Here we go again. We're home. I bypassed the compressor. You and the chosen one! Something truly special.
2: Congratulations.
1: You are being rescued. Revenge is not the
0: Jedi way. I am no Jedi.
2: ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're here probably to prove that true, as a matter of fact. Uh, good evening. It's Drew. Um, Brandon is off tonight, but I'm joined by my new best friend, who's quickly repla- replaced Brandon, which I'm totally fine with. Uh, Devore, Devore, how are you?
1: I am doing well. How are you doing?
2: I'm, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad we get to have a nice little conversation. But this is getting slightly out of hand, because now there are two of them. Um, Devore is not alone. Um, he is joined by the one and only Meg Dowell. Meg, how are you?
0: Hello, hello. I'm I'm great. I'm so glad to be here. I've right. never I've literally never listened to the show, but I believe it's so <laughs> so great. And I'm so glad <laughs> to wow. be joining you.
2: Batch eight. <laughs> okay. Well, man, going right for the throat. That's fantastic. <laughs> never mind all the podcasts of yours that I've subscribed to and listened to over oh, many, no. many months. Oh, no.
0: Um, Oh wait, okay, I'll subscribe
1: right now, let me do
0: it, I'm doing
2: it. Cool,
1: appreciate it. Tor, can you (laughs) even even (laughs) Even me being on it did not change anything.
2: (laughs) Oh, man, well, you know what, I don't blame you. Uh, Anyway, well, it's uh, it's another fun evening together, Um, we're here to talk about some Star Wars things, we kind of wanted to play it a little fast and loose with the rules, since Brandon's not here to keep things on what little order we normally have anyway. Uh, so we're just kind of, kind of get to know each other since is Kind of new to the Clashing Sabers network. Meg has evidently never even heard of it, which is super
0: encouraging. Uh, I, we are subscribed. It's official.
2: I like that it's a we now. That's great.
0: I appreciate that. <laughs>
2: So we'll we'll just kind of kick it back and and get to know one another a little bit and and hopefully by that you guys will have a good time. So I'm a third to you devour first and and Meg you can always jump in and push him out the way since you're probably more interesting than him anyway. What have you guys been starting?
1: As with a lot of people right now, Bad Batch. Naturally, we've been waking up early, extra early every Wednesday morning to to get that in. So yeah, we've been watching that.
2: Do you guys have a, a general consensus of how you feel about the season so far? We're what, 4 or 5 episodes in to the year? Something like it's that? It's
0: so good. It's so fun. Like there's just something about waking up in the morning and getting to watch a Star Wars and just knowing they're going to have a great time <laughs> no matter what. I'm having like I have laughed so much. And that's all I want. That's all I need, you know.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been like, particularly the last few ones have been, have been quite entertaining. Like I've been, I was thinking about it earlier today. uh, Just partly in preparation of thinking about, you know, talking about Star Wars in the context of this recording and Mm -hmm. and figuring that Bad Batch was invariably in one form or another going to come up. And like, particularly with this most recent episode, you know, we're at the time that we're recording this, we're a few days out from the airing of the fifth episode in And I was thinking about like, there might be some way in which we have either, I don't know, underestimated, overlooked, not talking about how much like this show really is a continuation of Clone Wars. Yeah. Like not just in a sense in the characters of who originally we get to see in Clone Wars, but a lot of ways in terms of the style and substance of the episodes. Like this past one where you had this kind of indie slash fallen order type adventure thing it very much felt like the uh 3po and r2 are on the planet with the little people like episode like one of those episodes of clone wars on
2: a planet with little people
1: yeah it's the um i don't have any i don't have memory of that. It's, it's, it's it's like i can't the believe little... i didn't did the... commit that gem to memory <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the episode with the little aliens and then I think 3PO falls over and kills their leader and then there's now like a leader of these What are you these... talking about? I've never is like seen a, this episode it's, this no, is like, oh, It's a Gulliver's it. Island, no, I think that's a
2: homage gro- That's a Groot short you're thinking of
1: No! <laughs> this is a real episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars I've never seen this before. I, I is, don't know mm. It is part of that that two episode arc The first episode in the arc is the Alina one when they're on the Rats Tyrell planet and they go underground, and then the second part of that is they end up on the planet with the little aliens.
2: I don't think anyone knows <laughs> what you're talking about, but you know what? <laughs> this is not dream real.
1: This? No, you dreamed this. No, this <laughs> is real. <laughs> All right,
0: when this is over, you're going to show me uh-huh. <laughs> what you're talking about. I, I promise. I've seen every episode of the Clone Wars. Except for this one,
2: <laughs> I, I have no response to any of that. I really don't know what to do with you anymore, Devore. You have gone round the bend. Um, wow, making okay. You know what? I'm I'm gonna take that you're enjoying Bad Batch, and we'll kind of we'll, we'll cling to that for a moment. How about that? Sure. Holy cow! What are you? Like I get the Gulliver's Travels thing with the Lilliputians and whatnot, but I, Yes. I don't know, I don't remember Anthony Daniels being the one to murder them.
1: <sighs> Alright, either this is either this is an actual episode or this is like a Star Wars Kazam like situation where i made up something that had never happened. Yes. yes but I'm pretty sure yes. this has happened.
2: Well, you know what? You you choose to live in whatever delusional little world you have conjured for yourself. <laughs> And uh, you know what? I'm glad you're enjoying it. How about that? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. (sighs) Are you guys reading anything uh, lately? I know there's been a couple new releases. I don't know where you guys are in your backlog of things.
1: Oh, God. Uh, Emphasis on backlog.
2: Yeah. Does the pile keep growing in the wrong direction?
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I understand.
0: You've you've read none of the New High Republic?
1: No. We started Convergence on the road trip on Thanksgiving, and then we just got, got, like, 15 minutes into it just for some reason never came back it was
0: longer than that yeah a
1: couple hours (laughs) it was not a couple hours i think we were like a chapter three
0: (laughs) unlike you i'm not only caught up i'm ahead
1: whoa
0: i just started started reading battle scars i got
2: oh the um, a
0: couple weeks ago
2: the uh the jedi order
0: tie-in novel okay that one
2: how are we feeling about that? Well, you probably can't say too much, can you?
0: I can't say anything, but say I'm anything. having a great time.
2: Okay. All right. That's that's encouraging. Yeah, I, I just restarted Convergence. I had started it before it came out, and then I kind of dropped off, and I picked it back up. But, I, but like you said, Devor, I'm at like chapter three or four, so I, I'm literally just getting into the story again. It's a little bit tough. What do you guys think is, like, a general consensus High Republic Phase 1 versus 2? Like, when we started Phase 1, we had Light of the Jedi and then, like, one or two of the young adult. We had, like, Into the Dark, I think was the first one from Claudia Gray there, is Mm -hmm. roughly where we are now in the Phase 2 timeline. How are we feeling comfort-wise? Do we feel like this is going to be... This is continuing a trend, or are we looking for an exit ramp or anything?
0: I like it better than Phase 1. Really? Um, Yeah, I think... I liked phase one. I did I didn't see any huge, like major issues with it that made me not like it. But I do feel like the beginning of the High Republic was also them like figuring out Mm -hmm. how do all the stories fit together? How do all these authors doing sharing these characters, how does that work? I feel like they've gotten that now. And like this next phase is like it really you can see like they figured out how it all kind of fits together and how their different writing all fits together. That's just my opinion, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
2: Meg, how do you feel about midnight horizon? Like kind of like the last major entry in phase one, which mm-hmm. I notice is not a book in your actual podcast that I do subscribe to called now. This is lit.
0: Uh, I need to reread it. Okay. Um, I read it right before it came out. Um, and it was one of those, like I kind of had to read it a little bit faster than I would have liked to. Okay. Um, I liked it, but I think sometimes for me with books, I need to go back and really slow down and digest them to really appreciate them. Um, and I think that's what happened to me with that book. Hmm. Um, I don't remember a lot of it, not because I didn't like it, but because it kind of just like the, the release schedule with the with the book that um, those books that were le- released around each other was kind of weird because. One of them was supposed to come out and then it was delayed and then I don't remember what happened, but need to reread it. That, that's, that's true, yeah. There yeah. was a little
2: bit of pushing around of the dates yeah. and things, and they did kind of compress the timeline a little yeah. bit and it got yeah. a little bit confusing there. Are you yeah. keeping up with the comics on a regular basic too?
0: <laughs> I haven't read a Star Wars comic since 2020.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> so the answer my. is no. Oh I'm very no. I'm behind
0: on yeah, but I'm one of my goals, one of my reading goals for this year is to there's no way to catch up on all of the comics, but to catch up on some of them, okay. to catch up on the ones that I started, and maybe, like, some of the new ones that are coming out, like, jump on those when they start, because, like, I really enjoy them. I really do like the comics. It's just, like, when you're not following them, you get behind so quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Okay. No, that's great. I mean, you're just missing out on all the best Dave R. Chris action and adventures.
0: I am but... I, aware that there's so much... Good stuff that I'm missing, and I'm so sad about it.
2: It all is the time. It is difficult because there's a lot of phase one that, when you go from like major novel to major novel to major novel, uh-huh. there's so much that happens in between that the author has kind of expected you to already be aware of. Yeah. Um, and and they don't take a a lot of time to explain. Well, wait a minute. Why is this character here and not there? What happened to these two? Why are they fighting? That if we if you if you get a chance to read through the comics which now most of them are available in the omnibus format. So it's a a little Mm -hmm. easier because I'm with you. There's no way I can do on a regular basis, like every month, find a physical copy of a thing and read it for the 10, 15 minutes and then remember it a month later when the next one comes out. It's just never going to happen. So it's been it's been a little bit of a challenge, but I'm going to endorse your local public library once again. Um, It's one of my favorite things to do. You can get most of those things. If you can't get it, your librarian should be able to find it for you. So I recommend anyway. Cool. Um, uh, I have a, a, just kind of a question then in general, because I was thinking about this earlier and, and not to broach our topic, the back half of things too far. When's the last time you guys sat down and watched a Star Wars movie, like front to
1: back? And what was it? I think it would have been, it would have been Tross because it was really? right before really? that shadow of the Sith recording. Right. Oh,
2: yeah. Interesting. Okay. That
0: was fun to, yeah. to rewatch that movie again, because I think I saw it twice before that. I saw it in theaters when it came out. And I saw it again when it came out on digital. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't watched it since then. Not for any reason. Just like, I, there's too much Star Wars. I can't rewatch things at all.
2: I have reasons. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but when
0: we re-, re rewatched it again, I had so much fun. Both because it had been so long, but because just the experience of like, knowing what was going to happen and just like sitting back and absorbing it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Do you feel like having gone through like Shadow of the Sith really made it a little easier to kind of enjoy and appreciate what the film was trying to do?
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Really? Okay. That
0: book like really changed the way I watched that movie in a good way. Oh, good. That book is so good.
2: It is. Yeah. It's a book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs)
2: Listen, I know you haven't ever listened to this show, but you're going to quickly learn I'm the dissenter opinion on many, many things. (laughs) Yes. Apologize ahead of time. We'll talk about more of that later, though. Cool. Well, let's take a little quick break, and then we'll just do a little bit of get to know your local nerds. So hang out with us for a little bit, and um, we'll talk to you in a minute. General, I knew one day I'd catch up to you. Kenobi, what a surprise. I assume you are here to bring me to justice. You know me too well. Indeed
1: I do. Prepare to fire all cannons and be alert. Where there is Kenobi, you will always find Skywalker not far behind. I want to board that vessel. I shall kill Kenobi face to face. Welcome back. Uh,
2: We are ready to kind of just kind of sit by the fireplace, listen to the rain as it falls and hits the window panes, and can just kind of enjoy a quiet evening together as we get to know each other. So we got to know Devor, um through his amazing, fantastic, award-winning podcast, The Large Review of the Force. And Meg comes to us with um, a podcast pedigree longer than my arm. Uh, yeah. The two of them have become popular voices across the internet. I'm sure you've heard them before. But we've never had to sit down and have a chat to really get to know each other very well. And one of the things we wanted to do, because when Brandon and I started this adventure um, so many years ago, before we actually recorded our first episode, we made sure to have time to talk where the two of, I could, two of us could just get to know each other, and it was ridiculous, and it went on and on forever, and we talked about a million different things, and it was great. And so I'm kind of hoping we can go down a similar path here um, with you guys, um, not too personal, as personal as you want to get, of course, um, but do remember that you're speaking into microphones where people are recording and can hear it for all eternity. So if you want to run for office one day, just keep in mind what you say here. You know, doesn't necessarily stay. <laughs> this ain't Vegas. So um, I'm going to just, you know, ask a couple questions as they come up. Have a nice conversation. Feel free to shoot back. And uh, I think it'll be fun. So I'm going to force you guys into some tough corners, I hope. Um, I hope I don't cause any marital strife on anybody's oh, no. <laughs> end. I apologize ahead of time. I will be asking you about pneumoidians in a few minutes.
1: Hell yeah. So <laughs> what do
2: you... So, Devor. Yes. What is your earliest... Star Wars memory.
1: Okay, this is an easy one. So my earliest Star Wars memory is the first time that I watched A New Hope. And it was, I remember th- I remember this distinctly because we, uh, my parents and I, we'd been babysitting uh, the, the daughter of a family friend. She was over at our apartment or something. And her parents had come over to, had come back to go pick her up. And so this was probably in the evening. It was maybe like seven, eight o'clock, something like that. And then we had our little white plastic TV, whatever, in the living room, <laughs> and it was set to what was <laughs>
2: <that>? <laughs> a white plastic TV. Did it have like a handle in the antenna ear sticking out the back of it? No.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. But it was this, you know, this this big heavy TV, and it was tuned to TBS Superstation because that's <laughs> what it was. <laughs> all you Zoomers who don't know what TBS Superstation is. And yeah, it was it was playing A New Hope, and I have just my first sort of Star Wars memory in terms of like a thing that I watch on screen was just the memory of Vader coming onto the Tantafor. Oh, wow. Interesting. It just, it just it burned in my brain. How old were you at the time? Oh, I probably would have been... Okay, so this would have been... I'm pretty sure this would have been pre-Phantom Menace. Okay, so if Phantom Menace was May of ninety-nine, I probably would have been um, si- seven.
2: Perfect age.
1: Yeah, what I an really age was. Started. Yeah, I, I was. I was seven when Phantom Menace came out, so I was like, it was in the 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 demographic category for that movie so
2: did you didn't go straight from a new hope to phantom menace though did you
1: uh, see i i can't remember what order i saw empire and jedi my instinct is to say no and i think i saw all the ot's before phantom menace but i really don't remember my memory of the next two very clearly like the first experience of watching them. Mm, interesting. i think i would have
2: no probably yeah maybe maybe yeah that's a good question Meg, what about you? What, what is the earliest Star Wars memory that you have?
0: Speaking of The Phantom Menace. Um, that, <laughs> oh no,
2: no. Don't say it.
0: It's a good, it's, it, it's my story. I can't tell you. The story True story. About, but, okay, go ahead. But The Phantom Menace came out probably like a month after my brother was born. There's a huge age gap between us. I was six. Again, perfect age for that movie. But I don't remember seeing that movie in the theater. I don't think we went. Um, but what I do remember, because my dad is a huge Star Wars fan, saw Star Wars when it first came out, like, 12 times, um, or something like that, I remember The Phantom Menace eventually when I came out, out on video playing just in our living room over and over and over, <laughs> and over again because my dad was just like, these kids are gonna be Star Wars kids, there's no way to avoid it. Um, And so there are parts of that movie just burn into my brain because even if I wasn't actively watching it, it was just on all the time. And eventually, I think when I was, it was a couple of years later, I kind of like made the decision that I wanted to watch all the movies on my own for the first time, which my dad loved, of course. (laughs) Um, And I did. I watched, I'm pretty sure I watched the OT and then one and two because three didn't exist yet. And that was just, like, the moment where I was, like, I love Star Wars. I don't really totally understand all of it, but it was great to, like, um, like claim that fandom as my own that young wow. because, like, it just stuck with me, and um, I'm telling you, getting to episode two and then running to my dad and being, like, I'm ready for the next one and realizing episode three didn't exist yet like broke me <laughs>
2: oh no and it's like
0: what do you mean what do you mean the story's not over yet and we can't watch the movie
2: you had to wait like a like i had your, to wait like, like all the rest of those are like three more years oh no what are we gonna I do
0: did. oh it was but that was uh revenge of the sith was then the first star wars movie that i saw in a theater <gasps> wow and really Yeah, I don't remember all of it, but I do remember parts of it and sitting there just being like, I'm watching Star Wars in a movie (laughs) theater. (laughs) It was great. It was so great.
2: Wow, that's adorable. You know,
0: I had that same exact feeling when I went to see The Force Awakens in the theater. I had that same moment of like, there's Star Wars on the big screen in front of me. That doesn't happen very often. That was so cool.
2: That is amazing. What an excellent story! I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first time I remember seeing of one of the films was actually I don't remember seeing a New Hope first. I remember seeing Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Because it was like like Devor like you were saying, my dad had it on TV. It was on, we watched on USA Network. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> And it was on, we were allowed to watch the whole movie because it was on a Friday night. I think we, A New Hope was on the night before. They were running all three of them on like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights, but we couldn't finish A New Hope because it was still a school night. But I remember staying up late to watch Empire Strikes Back uh, when I was like, what, five or six years old in the early 90s or so. Um, but what really clicked in for me was when I think it was the Smithsonian Institute in Philadelphia had like the Star Wars adventure or star wars expo or something where they had all the models and all the the props from the film and everything and uh, my dad took me but he thought it was a star trek expedition (laughs) because he's a huge star trek fan and he was like star wars is like you know fine it's fun but star trek is really where it's at that's like you know the deep philosophical interesting stuff and i was like all right sure whatever it gets me out of school for a day i'll go with you wherever you want to go and then when I saw it with Star Wars and they had the six foot long Millennium Falcon model that they would take all the, the, the low and slow crane shots across. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> it was so good. Um, I remember seeing the special editions in the theater in 1997. Um, <sighs> it was absolutely amazing. Um, a product of their times to be sure. Yes. But holy cow. To be able to watch like the Death Star attack run. And the Battle of Hoth and, you know, the Battle of Endor on the big screen. Like, it's just you can't relive that stuff except for when you're, you know, I was in 77, 97, I'd have been like 12 years old. So the perfect, perfect spot for all that stuff. Uh-huh. It was just amazing. I try to get my kids to watch it when they were, I think, too young. Toby, I, I watched the when he was. Four or five. And he enjoyed it i don't think he really understood it at the time mm. but they, they 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 love like the clone wars cartoons and the bad batch and yeah 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 and the, the shows that they've really kind of clicked into those more than the movies they don't they don't even care about the movies it's like that's just the most important parts but they don't <laughs> seem to get it yet yeah, i don't know what we're gonna do with these kids um which film is you guys' comfort film like what's the one you have a crap day at the office and you come home you put on your large baggy pajama pants <laughs> You sit on the couch And You get to pick one And you guys can't pick the same movie Because I don't believe anyone has the same <laughs> okay, one to I,
1: I think I think I know my answer I think I know your answer mm.
0: My comfort
1: one? Yeah
0: I don't know if you do oh, maybe, yes.
1: maybe I don't I know your favorite But I may not know your comfort one Well now
2: That's I need so to hear you guess
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: what do, yeah, what do you think it
1: is? Well, I was thinking it's Revenge of the Sith because I know that's your favorite, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh my gosh. Force Be- Awakens. Okay, see, that's my answer too for my comfort no. watch.
2: Yes! Nice! That's such a good one. It's so much yeah. fun.
1: It's- yeah, it's it's really fun. It's, I mean, for my money, you know, it is probably the most fun Star Wars movie. I think it is the best paced Star Wars movie Oh,
2: interesting question.
1: Yeah, I really think so. I think the only place where there's like a little bit of just, I don't know what you want to call it, narrative let up, plot let up is probably right around the Tar stuff. <laughs> that's where it drags a bit. But other than that, it grabs you at the beginning and barely lets you go.
2: They have to have a monster movie moment somewhere in that film. Though. Yeah. Like that's the George Lucas way
1: yeah but it's like if you think about like you know if you use the criteria of when in when in the theater do you get up to go to the bathroom for force <laughs> awakens it's the Tars. <laughs> Ra- yeah
2: you're not wrong about that Dang it. yeah i like the rathtars though they're fun Me too. they are but you're, you're definitely right it is the most skippable scene of probably the entire film
1: <laughs> yeah wow
2: i why would you think revenge of the sith is a comfort movie
1: I don't yeah, maybe that was dumb on my part to think about <laughs> well, I mean, it. Like, it could me.
0: be, but like For... I cry a lot when I watched that.
2: Movie. Yeah. <laughs> <It's just sad. laughs> I mean, it's a cathartic film, perhaps. I give you that, but I don't know about relaxing. I don't walk away from that movie going, All right, I feel good about myself now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's no. valid. Okay.
2: Oh, jeez. I would have said Re- Return of the Jedi, but that's that's oh, okay. mm-hmm. 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 that's, that's... Is that your pick? It is, and it's weird. Like there's something I love the job of the hut palace intrigue <laughs> plot that makes absolutely no sense when you think <laughs> it
1: really doesn't make any sense
2: it doesn't it. like imagine the planning sessions that had to go and like okay i'm gonna get captured and he's gonna drop me in the rain and that's when i need you to make like no <laughs> there's no way this works right <sighs> but it is for some reason the most fun for me it's like yeah. that's the one i like to have on in the background the most if I put on Empire Strikes Back, I end up just watching and paying attention to it the whole time, and that's not what yeah. I want the film to do yeah. at that moment. All right, Devore, why are mm-hmm. Nemoidians simultaneously the best and the worst thing ever? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and top, what are your top five favorite Nemoidians? Go,
1: favorite <laughs> no,
2: no.
1: Oh goodness! All right, so can you name five? Can I name five? Yeah, I can you, name five. Yeah, you
0: probably could. Go.
1: Okay. Uh, Nuke Gunray. Yep. One. Uh, Rune Haako. Two. Uh, Hao. Three. Um. Oh, oh no. Um. H- hang on. Um. Uh, Don't let him go to uh, a. Dualte Dauphine. Nice. Good job. Oh, my God. And um, one more. Any one uh, of them. Hang on. Um. It, technically, I guess a Legends one, but I think it's Lush Rose Dauphine, something like that. <laughs> what? Oh, Where? He I, I think him, I think it might be a Legends legend? Nemoidia. Now, uh,
2: I'm willing to allow it, but I'm gonna have to see if it's a real thing.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, something like that.
2: Wow, um, I'm I'm impressed beyond you just, reason. You
1: just keep those names up there. Yeah,
2: there
1: oh, Lot Dodd. Well, there there was, that was like a low hanging fruit. There you go.
2: That's the senator. I was surprised you didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm
1: sorry, I don't know. <laughs> Who are you? I, I, th- th- it's like this is the thing about the Nemoidians. It's like there's so many like dumb little things about them, whether it's like um I, like I you know, one of the five that I just mentioned, you know, Tay Hao is a character that I like is one of my favorite just weird Star Wars, I guess, background characters if you counter like everything from Isn't she and, the one
2: isn't she the one that says like they went up the ventilation
1: shaft Yes, okay. exactly, yeah. Like she has that that line, which is a great line. That whole scene it's not- there <laughs> it's oh, a great I'm star about... wars line
2: <laughs> it's a great line
1: <laughs> it is a great star wars line
2: <laughs> the word great is doing a lot of work in that statement
1: but it's like here like here's uh... i'll talk about Tehou and then like talk about other nemoidians okay it's like, please like there's so much like, weird stuff about her like that whole scene when they are when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are fighting their way through the hallway, and then they do these weird, like, cutaways to her, where she's, like, yes, explaining yes, what she's doing. Yes. And, like, I- I've seen Phantom Menace, like, I don't know how many times she takes me out of it every single time when they go to her. It's like, what? Because she, <laughs> her- she
2: can't turn her head, so she has to rotate her entire upper torso and exactly. be like, hang on, let me get around the corner here. And then she gets to say the greatest line in film history, I guess, according to you, <laughs> going up the ventilation shaft.
1: yeah so there's that there's the face apparatus and you're looking at that and you're like is it like a lobot situation it's like welded to her face or does she like take is it like a doctor with like the face mask and she just like takes off like my god i put in my eight hours take this thing off (laughs) what's going on with that the fact that she is voiced by two different actors at the beginning versus the end of the movie what yeah so when you at the end of the movie at the battle there's the part where there's where there's the uh, where where Dwalder Doflein is like activate the droids and then you get her saying like yes sir it's a different voice but it is still Tay How
2: same character but they had somebody it's else line
1: yeah it's the same character and the whole line about like we're losing power like there's something wrong in the main reactor that is still Tay How but it is not the same te- voice for Tay How that it is at the beginning of
2: no the way it's
1: wild.
2: All right, that's absurd. That's obscene. Like, this is
1: just the tip of the iceberg. Then, in episode. In, in Attack of the Clones, you have the guy who who's very clearly not Rune Ma'ako, who now is re canonized as Rune Ma'ako. Like, what is that? Like, in Legends, he's a different character, but then when you get the Disney continuity, they say, oh no, it's the same guy from episode one, but he sounds nothing like the guy from episode one?
2: Well, I mean, is that like. Is that an issue with the cartoon, or is that like an entirely different like looking character like i don't i don't have the the wherewithal to connect those two different dots so like i mean count dooku in clone wars doesn't look anything like chris like uh count dooku doesn't attack of the clones
1: you know but it's not even that it's the live action because like the phantom menace versus the attack of the clones
2: oh you're not talking about the cartoon
1: no i'm not or even like to go back to phantom menace for a moment have you seen like
2: this is exactly there's, what i wanted to have happen by the way a hundred percent
0: what is, is
1: happening what have you unleashed it's, it's, it's hang tight <laughs> the, the,
2: the, well i'll you ask you about that. the dark saber in a minute don't
1: worry oh, Are you? don't do that <laughs> like so the weird thing about phantom menace is like it's like it's the only movie outside the ot where they kind of like low-key special editioned it without like really ever saying it because there's like oh a hundred percent yeah because like there's the extended pod race intro there's other stuff but one of the things that do is that they play with some of the, the angles of the shots and there's one towards the end and it's when Amidala and company are breaking back into the palace. And then you get that moment where there's a cut to the Namoidians and you got Maul standing next to them, next to him. Hey. And in... I guess in the OG cut in the Phantom Menace, I don't think you can see this really well, but in the kind of new, one of the newer iterations of Phantom Menace, there's a wide shot of that scene. And in the wide shot, you can see in the background, Nemoidians without the little miter hats. Really? They look unsettling. <laughs> deeply, profoundly creepy without their little, like, Pope miter hats. Wait, so how tall are their heads? Their heads are still just like round humanoid size. It's not a Kiadi Mundi situation. Oh, no, it's just all insane. hollow up there. What? I think so. <laughs>
2: I am I am flabbergasted uh-huh. I would have thought for sure That would have just been like dressing around an actual pe- This is going to sound awful But a, a piece of flesh and bl- bone No You're telling me no That's like where they put their lunch boxes or something
1: Pretty much No, It <laughs> is straight a, a Pope Cardinal situation Like papal conclave thing They're all wearing the big hats
2: Oh my gosh I wonder if that's like symbolic Now I have to go back and revisit the entire film With a completely different lens in it
1: have you read Brotherhood yet? No, it's still on my shelf. <sighs> <laughs> well, we, can, we, can, we can't talk about the Nemoidians and Brotherhood because, like, that book is like really important for Nemoidians in Star Wars. But
0: I mean, he's not wrong.
2: Oh no. Okay. See, no one ever pitched that book to me as important to Nemoidians. Now I'm more interested yes! in reading it. Oh man, that is so wild. I- I'm just kind of stunned for a moment. I like. The deep cut Phantom Menace knowledge is just, oh, I love it. I love it. Do you, the only thing I can, like, the only thing I can give you for that is, do you know the one camera shot that has no special effects in it in Phantom Menace? Is this oh, a widely uh, known thing?
1: Is it the, oh, you know, no, it wouldn't be the pod race crowd. Um.
2: <laughs> no, those are a little faked. Yeah. By the way, no, I love the int- the extended intro and the extra third lap in the Podrace no, too. Yeah. I wish we could get like another 10 15 minutes of it. It's my favorite part of the whole film.
1: Oh yeah, I love the pod race part. I'm totally with you there. It is it's one of those You can keep your duels of the fates. I'm good. Yeah. It, it's it's one of those moments that like I think about for example um you know, when you look at like let's say a new hope and you get the you know the battle of Yavin and the trench run at the end, mm-hmm. and you get the whole way that that scene is structured, and where you've got all these pilots that you're introduced to, and you know you you get these kind of immediate connections, but then they're taken away from you just as soon as you're introduced <laughs> to them, and like people have their favorites, and you've had other attempts to kind of. Replicate that in one form or another, with whether it's Return of the Jedi with the Attack on the Death Star 2 or the Starkiller base. I would argue the only scene that's really gotten close to getting that magic again is the pod racing scene in Phantom Menace. A
2: hundred percent agreement.
1: Where you've got the people who are like, oh, I love Gascano. I love Rats Tyrell, I love, you know, whomever else, and they're just there and gone. <laughs> Especially Rats Tyrell. It, yes r.i.p i i, I do kind of in a morbid way i wish i gotten the full it, like the full pod race intro. you see his family oh my i can't God. believe george did that the
2: scene that got cut it, oh it's so <laughs> sad like they go and like discover and you see the family walking behind like <laughs> like there's a couple like they're in a couple scenes post-race where you see the family running behind them but you don't have any context for what's going on at that point
1: no it is, just, it is just, uh,
2: and you know, there's actually a pod racer who starts the race but doesn't finish. They just disappear.
1: Who is that?
2: Neva Key is a racer who is in at the beginning lineup in the film, but then you like it, it, listen. I did more research on the pod race than I care to admit, where people can hear it. Neva Key didn't finish the race, but it's not because they crashed or died. It's because they disappeared. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> It is the craziest thing in the world. It's because in our universe explanation is because like the character got named in the video game first instead of being actually done in the movie. So there's shots of the character in the film, but it didn't have a name at the time. So it didn't make it into like the extended cut there. So I don't know that like the streaming version on Disney Plus even has the character in it anymore. But in the racer game, they're identified. So they tried to mix the two two kind of continuities together where the character started, but never finished. And so like, you know how have the part where they, they exit, I think is it beggars Canyon that they exit out of. And it's like the wide open salt plains. Yeah. The theory goes that this particular racer just instead of going right, went left and was never seen again.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it is the wild. It's like the, like of the wild things about that pod race. It's definitely in the top five. It, it is it doesn't make sense the pod race itself the Boonta eve classic was funded by hego damask and does that name ring anybody's bell
1: that is the the alter ego of one darth Plagueis.
2: darth Plagueis funded the pod race that movie is so bizarre it's so good it's the best of the three prequel movies and it just makes no sense the more i stare at it i absolutely love it meg do you have any strong opinions on nemoidians because clearly <laughs> there are some
0: you know, I'm just, so much information just came at me so fast. I'm just a little overwhelmed.
2: Surely, surely there's there is a species or, or background character by which you could name five participating individuals, right?
0: I am so bad at character names. Really? Like, there are so many Star Wars characters that I've seen so many times. I don't know their names.
2: You don't know their names? <laughs> no. I have
0: no idea. <laughs> That's sometimes okay. Read, sometimes I'm reading a book and I name a character and everyone's like, oh yeah, that person. I'm like, who? <laughs>
2: See, I had that with Cobb Vanth in The Mandalorian. Everybody was so excited when Cobb Vanth was in season 2. Maybe was that when Cobb Vanth yeah. premiered? Yes. And I was like, is, "Are we supposed to know who this is?" And they're like, "That's the guy from Aftermath." I was like, "What? This is a but book was I
0: barely in it." Though. That's it what I said.
1: Yeah, he he's not even like like you could skip those parts of Aftermath when Cobb Band shows up and you would not miss anything from the main plot of Aftermath. Uh, you could skip, skip all words.
2: of Aftermath and you wouldn't, never mind.
1: Oh, you're not totally you wrong. You and I are gonna fight. Listen. I, I, I do not care for those books. You know that they're we not it's it's not good.
0: I'm <laughs> telling you you have to listen to the audiobooks it completely changes everything. His writing style is meant to be listened to.
2: I listened to the first one. No. I the first one audio and when Mr. Call of Duty personified showed up in the story <laughs> I was like this is this is bad news. This is not okay. Oh. I made it through the second one begrudgingly. Oh. I started the third book and was like I nope, no can go this far and no further, you know? <gasps> Very Picard-like. They, they advance and we push back. It's like, this, no, no, bad, done. <sighs> I'm glad there are people who like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. As the one of seven people on planet Earth who think Ronin is the best book that's been released in the past five, ten years, I understand how you feel.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's also a good book.
2: Oh, it's the best book. It is the number one best book that's come out in the new canon.
1: Devor's not even going to take the bait. <laughs>
2: <sighs> you, you, I'm so
1: you need to listen to their Ronin review. It, oh,
2: was, it, it was a lot of conversation. There was a lot of conversation.
1: Well. <laughs> yeah.
2: Listen, it's <sighs> great, and I don't... I understand why people don't love it. I understand that it's very different. It's still the best thing that's been written so far. That's all. I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. Meg, I need to understand where your your love and affection of the Darksaber really does come from. I know you threaten people with a good time about a 35-minute introductory course on it. I've seen the sh- the episodes where it comes in. I understand it's an important thing, but you have an affinity for this, like a subject matter expert level affinity for it. And can I ask where that comes from?
0: A long time ago. There was a Mandalorian who was also a Jedi. He created this, this lightsaber called the Darksaber. There's only one ever made. And you know what happened? He died. And the Jedi kept it. They kept the Darksaber in the Jedi Temple. It wasn't theirs to keep. They kept it anyway. So you know what had to happen? The Mandalorians had to come back and take it from them because it wasn't the Jedi's to keep. I really couldn't tell you what it is exactly about the Darksaber that has created this one thing that I could talk about endlessly for hours. I could teach an entire (laughs) course. I don't know how this happened. But part of it is, I was watching Rebels for the first time. um, And it was great, and I really enjoyed it. And I got to Trials of the Darksaber, and I had never seen an episode of television that just like wowed me as much as that episode did.
2: Oh, and, okay.
0: It there's just I could talk about that one episode of television for hours on end. Uh I won't. But
2: we got time?
0: Ugh, it's just <laughs> so good. It's it's a perfect episode of television. There is no there are no flaws. It is perfect in formula. It is perfect in the way the characters are Represented. You could never have watched any other episode of Rebels and you watch that episode and you get it. You get what Rebels is about and you understand Star Wars. Back to the Dark Darksaber. <laughs> I just, there's something about the fact that there's this weapon that can both drive people insane and bring them together at the same time because the weapon has the power to do both of those things. It can either tear an entire civilization apart, which it has, or it has the potential to bring an entire civilization together, which it has. And likely will again, in Hmm. The Mandalorian, season three, which is premiering very soon. I, listen, we know how the story is probably going to end. This Darksaber is a bad thing. It has caused very, there has caused many bad things to happen. It has caused the deaths of many people. There should not be one single object in which a person who happens to win it from another person now is the entire ruler of Mandalore, because... For some reason, Dinjara now is the entire ruler of what would be Mandalore, and I don't know if he deserves that. I'm a little terrified, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think he deserves it. Not because he's not great, not because he's not capable. He just I really wish you, we could have seen Bo Katan's actual facial expression when she realized <laughs> that he was the one
2: oh, who won the Darksaber
0: because we don't get to see her face, but you can tell just by the way she's standing that she's never been more angry than anyone <laughs> in her entire life. The Darksaber needs to be destroyed. That is
1: wow. Fate.
0: I don't love it. But that's how the story has to end. Because at some point, someone needs to realize that the future of Mandalore is not whoever is holding this one Darksaber. But I... I think it's just because there's so much story revolving around this one object. And if you look at all the characters that have touched it, who have held it, who it has had held significance for it kind of, in a way ties them all together in a really fascinating way. And I just love it. Hmm. And we, I, I promise you when it showed up in the Mandalorian and I wasn't expecting that, I've never yelled so much at at a screen at six o'clock in the morning ever in my life. Um, the fact that they it started out in an animated show and is now part of one of the most popular Star Wars live action shows that is on right now mm-hmm. is amazing to me because it didn't just stay in animation, which is just because it's animation not as popular. I think that's a tragedy, but that's an entire other lecture that I could give. Um, it's that important. It's that important to the larger Star Wars story. And it, the more you look at it and the more you look at how it influences people and civilizations and the idea of who's fit to lead. It's so cool.
2: That is fascinating. I I, I would not have begged you for somebody who said it should be destroyed though. Like that's interesting, like because it seems like uh, just from from what I'm hearing is that part of part of the obsession comes from maybe like that when it makes that jump from uh, such a quality episode in the cartoon or sorry in the animated realm and making the jump to live action is like a lot of validation and a lot of confirmation that says you thought this was good, we thought it was good too. But when you want to have it destroyed, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a fascinating, that's a very, like, Kylo Ren, let the past die, kill it if you have mm-hmm. to kind of thing. And I love that.
0: Yeah, well, it's really, like, the story is going toward, like, the entire thesis of the Mandalorian TV show is what does it mean to be a Mandalorian? Right. And at some point, they ha- someone or multiple heroes have to realize it's not who holds the Darksaber, it is something else. Or it is... Someone else. That's where we're going. And so someone has to realize, okay, this dark saver maybe is steering us in the wrong direction. Maybe it won't get destroyed. My heart will be broken if it is. But if we're talking about story, if we're talking about what lesson needs to be learned, how do we move forward, that's where it's headed.
2: Hmm. And it seems like if they don't destroy it, there's probably always going to be some kind of a faction who will always bow to it as the ultimate authority, no matter what else happens around it, right? Exactly. Hmm. Wow, I'd never thought about it like that. It was, it was It's always kind of struck me odd that, like, especially in the Star Wars universe, we find these things to just completely irrationally obsess over. <laughs> like, I mean, you know. Me too. No, I'm not saying, like, that's crazy and you shouldn't do it. Absolutely not. Um, my point is that, like, what is it about this stuff in particular that you, you think we find also obsessive and so compelling? Like, is there something, is there something in it naturally that when we're drawn to it, we, we find a spot to latch on to? Or, like, why, why are you the only person who feels as passionately about it at the same rate that, like, somebody else might feel as passionately about, you know, Ronin as a novel? Like, what do you think that is? like, where does that come from?
0: When you were, when you were getting to that question, I was thinking about when you, when you're just watching Star Wars or when you're reading a book or whatever it might be, and you find that thing that just makes you feel so excited and you find that thing that makes you like, as you're immersed in this universe and you feel like this is so cool, I want to spend all of my time with this thing, I want to learn everything there is to know about it. There's something about that. That's like, you have found a passion within something you're already passionate about. And I think that's really what it is. It's like, Mm. you get that feeling of, I love this. This is what I want to spend my entire life doing or talking about. And you want to chase that feeling.
2: That's fantastic. If you were going to obsess over something that was outside of the star Wars universe, like if let's say had never happened, What's like your next go-to fill for that? Um, Are you a pa- oh. is anybody a passionate Lord of the Rings fan? Like, is there like a similar kind of medium like that that, that, that scratches that itch or is this really it? Let
1: me see. I'm justn't a bad thing.
2: Not a judgment call. I'm just kind of curious because like <laughs> I don't think Brandon will mind. He is Brandon is a diehard, unbelievably obsessed, Fast and the Furious fan. <laughs> <laughs> And it's hilarious because he loves it and buys and he knows how ridiculous it's gotten. And we've had a lot of good fun with it in the past, but it's just funny that like that's his next thing. And I was curious, like, if you put your Star Wars hat, if you take that off for a minute, what else would you put on?
1: It, for me, it might be Lord of the Rings. Really? I am thinking, yeah, because I do really enjoy it. Like I enjoy the movies. I mean, literally my my wedding band is the one ring. Um, hey,
2: that's a problem. <laughs> the implications there—I don't know, man. You—you you really want to think I, about that a little bit. But
1: yeah, in a world Meg, of
2: stories
0: Meg, how
1: do you feel about that?
0: Let's let's I, I, I allow this to happen. She did. <laughs> that's all there is to do it. And he said, "Can I?" And I said, "I really don't care."
1: <laughs> Are you familiar with the powers of the One Ring? Because I don't know if okay. Sorry, but I, it, I, I think yeah like it's a fandom i enjoy but i think if star wars didn't exist i would be one of those lord of the rings fans it's like i'm reading all the appendices i'm reading all the weird journal entries i'm finding out every <laughs> little bit of lore yeah which because i'm not i'm not a fan at that level i haven't gotten it at that level but i think apps and star wars i probably would be one of those people who get it at that level hmm
2: i mean it's not a bad thing to get into too by the way Meg, do you have any other other hidden passions that you want to confess here on the air?
0: Both of you have to promise. You're not going to judge me too hard for this. Okay. okay. Oh,
2: please. Friend, listen.
0: <laughs> okay, so I think medical dramas are great. <laughs> I- <laughs> listen. <laughs>
2: sorry, listen. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, 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 a dog just walked through the house. Uh. <laughs> There was a weird traveling circus that just rolled through the living room. Sorry.
0: All of them follow the same formula, which is they start out very promising, and you're like, wow, this is going to be maybe like sort of an accurate depiction. And then they all just go off the rails. (laughs) Sometimes it happens almost immediately, sometimes it takes 10 seasons or whatever. I don't, they're all bad. But I can't... I can't stay away. Just every new one that shows up, I'm like, I'm in.
2: Everyone? Really?
0: I have not seen all of them, but, like, I'm tempted by every single one.
2: Oh, my goodness. Because there's so many. Do you have a favorite?
0: I mean, I've seen most... Grey's Anatomy is the one I've watched the most. I wouldn't say it's my favorite because it's terrible.
2: (laughs) But okay.
0: they're all unique, but also the exact same. It fascinates me to watch how I just like them a lot. You have to have that one thing that you're like, I know this is bad for me, but I don't care. That's my thing.
2: I'm okay with that. That makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> Perfectly fine with that. So like wow okay i I was not expecting that and that's fantastic (laughs) it's exactly why we ask some weird questions from time to time so like is is er like the first is that like the proto medical drama or is there something earlier in time that set that pattern
0: i mean there have been other things i don't think it was the first one um but I think it might have been the the first one that was popular enough that kind of, like, paved the way for all of these other Okay, things, it. makes um, sense. I, have, I actually have not seen any of ER, which really? I know, like, saying all huh. of this, there's a lot of TV that I have not seen. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Guys, I
2: don't know if you know, there's a lot of TV shows out there. <laughs> there's a lot to watch. The only one I could ever get into that was House, because it was fun. And he was I a smart see
0: that either. I know.
2: Whoa. Okay.
0: Know. Actually, that, that was a lie. I think I've seen like a couple episodes.
2: It's fine. Cause it, it's actually built around like a Sherlock Holmes style approach to right. it rather than just, you know, oh this person's sick, you know, hit him with an EpiPen. I don't know what, how it works.
0: <laughs> I'm not I a mean, medical okay. guy. But that's kind of how Grey's Anatomy started. It was a lot of those medical mysteries. You get someone who comes in and the whole episode is you're trying to solve the puzzle. That's why it started out good, and then they stopped doing
2: that. They stopped doing that. I've never seen a, a two minutes of that show, so I have no Ugh. idea. Ugh. I, I don't know. It's just not a thing I could ever see. Huh. Devore, have you sat and watched all, what is it, 14 seasons of that show now?
1: <laughs> I have not, no.
2: Come on, don't lie to me.
1: I have not, no. no I
0: don't mm. think you... You would not be the right person. No. To
2: that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd enjoy it very much. No. Devore, have you watched The West Wing? Have we talked about this yet? I have not watched The West Wing.
1: <sighs> okay, how do you feel about? I know you about, love that deeply.
2: How do you feel about musicals in
1: general? Then yeah, they're all right. Oh, Take it Divor... or leave it about musicals. <sighs> <sighs> I, I I just have a, I have a thing about. A, a story in which people are talking, and then they burst into song, <laughs> and then go back to talking.
0: I mean, yes, that is the definition of a musical.
2: I mean, that is 98% of them, but what if I told you there are both some that are strictly music with no or very little spoken dialogue, and then the opposite, where a musical has been translated into a strictly dramatic format, and there is no singing and dancing? Could All right,
1: get I'm you intrigued. on board with that.
0: Also... <laughs> You would love Hamilton, and you still have not
1: engaged with
0: Hamilton.
1: Literally, I've listened to it. Okay, and you didn't fall in love love. with it.
0: Okay, when did you listen to it? We've talked about this.
1: (sighs) I don't know. A few years back, I don't remember when. (sighs) What
2: the fuck? This is important artwork. Like this is no the like. If you had to say like, what was the single most important entry in in musical history in the past fifty years? It's that.
1: Yeah.
2: plant my flag in that so
0: so this weekend we're watching The Phantom Menace and then Hamilton what a double
2: feature (laughs) please watch them back to back and try and draw parallels and common themes
0: I mean you probably could
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) alright now my brain is spinning and all I can think of is somebody going brah brah I am Darth Sidious and it's not going well in my head that's not how that goes at all Oh, no. Devorah, I am shocked. I am shocked and appalled at you. We have a lot of work to do. Oh, yes. My goodness. All right. Fine. The last question I have in my particular list of questions to ask is why is the overlap between Star Wars fans and Taylor Swift fans basically a circle? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck have we done?
0: All Taylor Swift songs are Star Wars stories. This is the,
1: the thing. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I I think I know what that means, or at least I have my version of the answer to that, which is that I think, I mean, people have said this about Taylor Swift music in, in both praiseworthy and critical lenses about it, which is to say that I think there is in Taylor Swift's music, much unlike Star Wars stories, I think there is a kind of monomythic quality. <laughs> <laughs> right, which is to say okay, that like-, go on. like for, um, Which is to say that uh, her, her songs are at once, or at least a lot of her songs, are about specific things or informed by specific things either in her life, like things that have happened to her or to people around her or whatever. But at the same time, they are structured in such a way that you can graft onto whatever you're thinking, feeling, going through, et cetera. That's what I mean by the sort of like monomythic quality. Like it's all sort of telling, like it's different stories. That's all kind of telling the same story in that same kind of Star Wars way where you can bring like whatever influence, you know, whatever may, you know, George may have brought to something or Dave Filoni brought to something or George, you know, John Favreau brought something that informed the story that they're telling. You can take whatever has happened in your life or what's going on with you or whatever, and you can graft it onto what's happening on the screen. That is my thesis, anyway, for why that overlap <laughs> is so strong.
2: That's so very interesting. I love it. I just, it's funny when I see so much, uh, so much commonality between those two kinds of groups, and I, 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 I can't always attribute it whether it's the accessibility and obsessibility over these things. Like it's very easy to Mm -hmm. to fall down these kind of deep rabbit hole pits where you can name five Neimoidians without any kind of prompt. But at the same time, you could probably also recite like verses four through seven of the 10 minute version of all too well. And it's just kind of like, I've always tried to like under try and understand where that balance is and like, what is it that these two things have in common? So that is kind of an interesting way to put it. I'd never kind of frame those two things. You, You know, they say, that which is most personal is also most universal. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I, I think it's kind of that same, you know, I've never been a 15 year old girl, but I can totally feel that when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're going to believe them. Like
1: I can feel that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's so fascinating. When you said Monomyth at the, same, at the beginning, I was kind of like, so what's the Kill Your Gods phase of the Joseph Campbell steps here that she's going to be? Like, is that the Reputation album?
1: I think it is, yeah. I think that's Kill Your Gods. Yeah, be, I think right? it's Reputation. Yeah, I think so.
2: Okay. Meg, are you an equal parts Taylor Swift fan? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Have you ever,
0: because I have, have you ever tried to take a Star Wars movie and put together a playlist for that Star Wars movie, but it's only Taylor Swift songs. It's doable. And not only is it doable, it's very, very fun. And that's I how you know that it works.
2: I have never had the, the undergone this exercise before, no. What, yeah, what it, is it. this? How does it... What? How? <laughs> 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 we
1: broke drugs! <laughs> yes! Start from the beginning. <laughs> I have accomplished in one and a half months on Clashing Sabers what Brandon has in like seven years. I broke through. I'm just there's
2: there's a weird little skip in my brain that I'm <laughs> I don't understand what that means when you put a play. What, do you is this like? Is it kind of like when they used to put like The Wizard of Oz and The Dark Side of the Moon on at the same time? Is that what you're talking about? No, it's more like. I, I, I do you understand it's... what that reference means? <laughs>
1: And then, no. Isn't that what
2: you're, no. No? Okay. No. hundred and thirty-seven years ago, there, there was this theory that you could actually line up the dark... Do you know what Dark Side of the Moon is? Yes. Okay, the Pink Floyd album? Yes. If you line it up, at the, if you press play at the beginning at the, on the album at the same time you press play on the movie The Wizard of Oz, they line up in very particular and really, really hard to believe its coincidental ways. Like when it changes from black to white, Not black and white. When it changes from grayscale sepia tone into full Technicolor of the Munchkin Land, there's a a certain musical cue that that begins um, very, very prominently at the exact moment that it occurs. Anyway, but that's not what you're talking about. You said put a playlist of songs together to what? To what end? Why? Let me
0: give you an example. Yes, please. So there's there's this movie you may have heard of it called Revenge of the Sith.
2: Once upon a time.
0: So if you take Revenge of the Sith, you know the story, you know like what the key plot points are, you know like what the most important scenes are. Now if you're picturing in your head, like if
1: <laughs> the most important scene has,
0: songs, larger,
2: has, has General Grievous in it. That's really all I can care about for that. But God. continue. I apologize.
0: If if for some reason Taylor Swift's songs had to <laughs> be the soundtrack to Revenge of the Sith. It is possible to find Taylor Swift songs that if you fit them into the story, they make sense. So, I'll give you another example.
2: Yes, please.
0: I had it. Where did it go? I'm trying to think back <laughs> to that episode when we did the huh um So the part in that movie where the twins are born, right? There's two of them.
2: And they decide... <laughs> Traditionally, <laughs> twins, twins This is getting out of hand. Now there are two of them.
0: And they decide A that... A great Nemoidian line. The twins need to be separated. <laughs> but there's that moment where, where they're just born and Obi-Wan's like, oh my god, twins. Okay. There's this Taylor Swift song called Never Grow Up. Yes. If you think about the lyrics of that song and imagine that that song was playing at that exact moment. It fits. It sounds like instead of Taylor Swift singing about never wanting to grow up, it sounds like Obi-Wan is telling the twins, never grow up, stay innocent because you don't want to know what's actually happened
2: to you. Oh my gosh. That is dark.
0: Yeah. I kind (laughs) of do that.
2: (laughs) That's okay. So when you say you came up with a whole playlist, what is the extent that we're looking at? Are we talking about, like, 10 to 12 titles, or are we talking, like, Ugh. 75 to 80? No,
0: I How think deep it was, I is think this I, well? I think I stopped at 10.
2: You stopped at 10. Okay. I yeah. feel like that's a pretty well-curated, probably the best examples. I feel like you're probably... Did you feel like you were reaching it at that, at that point, or...?
0: Maybe with one or two, but, like, I also put together the 10 and then you go back and you swap out things and you're like, this works better here. But it requires you knowing the entire Taylor Taylor Swift catalog. Mm -hmm. Because you can't just like go and try to like fit things together. You have to know, oh, there's this song. It could go here. It requires knowing a lot about both.
2: I'm so befuddled.
0: It works. I'm telling you.
2: (laughs) I, I, I get it. I'm on your side, and I support this endeavor wholeheartedly. I just probably need to see it in action in order to approve. <laughs> wow, okay, very cool well guys that is that is fantastic um what else should we should we know about you guys from like a star wars perspective like what is your do you, I'm not gonna ask you if you have any like unpopular opinions because I feel like we we cover those in due time, but is there anything you're like this is where I like to plant my flag. We know that DeVore has an unhealthy obsession with Nemoidian culture. Totally cool. Yeah. You exactly. also have a great appreciation for general Grievous, if memory.
1: I, I was just about to say, I'm shocked that it has taken this far for that to come up.
2: Oh, listen, uh, like the mustache twirling villain. I'm all about yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. He is for my money you know when we talk about all of the kind of you know sugar and spice and everything nice that has gone into Star Wars all of the various influences okay you know in terms of whether you're talking about westerns uh, gangster movies like whatever for my money general grievous is the purest pulp sci-fi thing in Star Wars he is like 100% flash gordon buck rogers 1940s, 50s, you know, Saturday morning sci-fi. Interesting. I mean, you know, he's sort—he's like—he's like like one part, like he's one part pulp, and then one part like sci-fi horror. You know what I mean? Like he's like—he's like if you put again, like you know, your your Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers in a blender with like the Xenomorph, you get General (laughs) (laughs) Grievous. Because you do have that element of him that is kind of horror. Like I'm thinking particularly <laughs> Like if you think about particularly in canon, if you think of something like the Clone Wars episode Massacre, which I hope you know that one. So you don't know the other ones that I talked about. I don't know. Does he
2: like fall over and land on a bunch of small little things and kills them?
1: No. No.
2: Is this the one where it, he, did... he murders like the, the fish padawan? No, this is
1: uh, the massacre of the night sisters. Uh,
2: uh, so like listen, that. Like at a certain that, point in Clone Wars, I was like, "Somebody just give me the most important episodes to watch because I can't take this anymore."
1: <laughs> like that episode, but even the episode that you referenced, "Layer of Grievous" earlier on, like that one has a very kind of sci-fi horror esque quality to it. it. You're it going does. into the layer of this this creature, and so yeah, you kind of have both of those blends of him and they're played in different ways at different points whether it is yeah you do get the mustache swirling parts of it that you talk about like in revenge of the sith time to abandon ship <laughs> all that stuff uh and then you do My get the favorite little... person in the whole <laughs> film is general Grievous. <laughs> it's wonderful God, it's so good. you get as i mentioned you get the kind of more horror elements in you know something like a massacre then you go over to something like tartakovsky Oh, Wars where yes. where it's played almost like a little bit weird like there he's almost like it's tapping a little bit of the horror but it's almost more like the Nosferatu mm-hmm. it's kind of weird kind of a little funny like him dropping down from the ceiling or when you know when um, what is it Kiari Mundi's uh, partner uh, uh, Padawan Shaggy yep right yep. he runs out and he just just bang, what you're takes talking him. about it's so right on top of it it's so good so yeah he's got all of these little like dimensions to him that just make him so interesting
2: how offended do you get that the lego star wars shorts and and like 30 minute things that we get make him out to be this bumbling villain
1: i mean yeah there is that i kind of i I am appreciative of lego star wars for like doing something with him because he doesn't you know he hasn't gotten a lot of avenues outside of you know, Revenge of the Sith slash Clone Wars TV show. I mean, it is, you know, terrifying tales. It's, it's almost a, a banana sentence, and I didn't even think about that. It is in terrifying tales that I think we get the first ever on-screen audience, uh, uh, um, like, audible mention of his actual government name, Taimene Hai Shalal. <laughs> He's on terrifying tales and nowhere really? else. Yes, I'm After pretty they sure. they said it out loud? I think so. I mean, maybe there's somewhere else in, if you counted some audio book or whatever. Uh, but I think in terms of so. television movie programming, man, I don't know that it's been uttered anywhere else.
2: I don't think so, because I know that it was determined like a comic series he was in in like his His name appears
1: somewhere else. But the question is, like, is it on some like, like an actual visual media that somebody says his right. name. Right, somebody has
2: to say it out loud into a microphone and it'd be recorded. Yeah. Oh. And I gotta say, props to you for not stumbling over your pronunciation of it, like, <laughs> one bit. You owned it. Like, I was like, oh, Thank okay, you. that's how it's... G- okay, got it. Cool, cool. Nice job. <gasps> I'm impressed. I am impressed. Well done,
1: sir. Thank you.
2: Oh, my goodness. Meg, anything you want to make sure you, you, you're known for uh, the interwebs wide? Like, we know that you've you've kind of... You've written the book on the Darksaber, which I appreciate personally. Um, but what else is kind of like you're the the lone champion of out there that you want to see the book about this character or something like that?
0: I mean, I'm always for more Bo-Katan. There you go. A lot. She lived a whole life before we first met her in the Clone Wars. None of that we've ever gotten. Um, I really think we need more Mandalorian stuff in general i would i would take like an entire <laughs> we already have an entire tv series about yeah, mandalorians yeah. but
2: good point what's about the mandalorian not the mandalorian I mean, there are a
0: lot of lots of other mandalorians but like i would take an entire like book or comic series that's like just we got a lot more like mandalorian lore in legends yes
2: yeah, so that was and gonna be one of my questions like, is how familiar like, I know your your to-read list has got to be a mile long, but have you gotten a chance to dig into some of that?
0: A little bit, um, but not as much as I want to. And there's so much in there, because a lot of that is, like, so far in the past that it could still be canon. They could still, like, keep a lot of that, because especially, like, when you go back to, like, when the Mandalorians and the Jedi, like, actually fought a war. yeah, Like, that could still be a whole thing. Like I would take like, give me all of it. Um, and I really hope, again, in this next season of the show that we get more of that. Because we started to get like with Din in the armor and she's telling him about all these things, we started to get that feeling of like, oh, we're gonna get more of this history. I am going to nerd out so hard
2: if mm. and when we get more of that. Uh I need it. Was was the episode from the Book of Boba Fett Mm-hmm. Where it kind of sidetracks into Mando 2.5. Uh-huh. And she mentions, the Armorer mentions the Night of a Thousand Tears. Something uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. Is that the first mention of that? Or were we supposed to know that from something
1: else? Um, it's at the end of season one. Moff Gideon first mentions it. Oh, uh, right, right. Because he's talking about uh-huh. the... He's talking about like like the the Mandalorian warrior Dinjar will remember when these rained down fire in the night of a thousand tears or something like that.
0: <laughs> but I don't think we knew like what it was. Yeah. Um.
2: Oh, interesting. Okay, it seems like there's so much that like there's it's it's nothing but gaps. Yeah. We have like yeah. little snippets. Like you have like a five minute of five minutes of history here, 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 and here. And then ten thousand years goes by, and then we have this, and then we have that, and another thirty years goes by, and we don't know. It, it, it doesn't feel like again to me who doesn't know all of those little bits. What, I don't even know what we know to know what we don't know yet. Right, right. So, do you feel like there is a comprehensive? Do you feel like there is a comprehensive story that is available now based on what we have, or are you still waiting for enough information to be produced to have a good history of that that civilization?
0: I think there are too many gaps, and, like, I've tried to pitch, like, here's a complete history of the Mandalorians to, like, do a whole, like, breakdown. It's not really possible. Like, you can do it, but there's so much still that, like, we might have gotten mentions of things, but we don't know. Like, we still don't know how Bo-Katan, like, lost a Darksaber and how she lost Mandalore. We know what happened, but we don't know exactly, like, how all that went down and exactly, like, how she was dethroned and all that we don't know um and so like it's it's hard to like you have you have like the puzzle pieces right but there's so many missing that you can't form a complete like vision of like here's everything um but here's what you do with that so we had the Mandalorian seasons one and two mm-hmm. then you had the book of Boba Fett which was basically just the Mandalorian two, season 2.5 or whatever so you had do the Mandalorian season 3 and you know what you do after that book of Bo-Katan creased Okay, so that's oh,
2: interesting. Do.
0: And that, then we get into all of the Mandalorian history that we don't get in that season. Then you go into Mando season four, having all of that knowledge, and then we go from there. That's I'm not in charge, but that's what I would do. <laughs>
2: Well, when when we get to that point, we'll have to make sure that uh, you get due credit for, for laying out the game plan for them because I think that would work just fine for me. Mm. I can't... It's, it's hard for me to keep straight. So, Bo-Katan is Rebel... When she's in charge, it's Rebel's era, right? Not Clone yeah. Wars' era? Yeah. But so, Clone Wars uh, ends with Maul, for some reason, in charge of Mandalore. But he doesn't have the Darksaber, right?
1: Yeah, so it's... So, Clone Wars ends. Maul is deposed, right. arrested, or whatever. He just kind of gets is, up and I, waltzes away. Yeah, and then I think, I think strictly speaking, Bo Katan is probably in charge for like a minute, and then the Republic becomes the Empire, mm-hmm. and then boot her out. Then you fast forward to Rebels, and she takes power again after like the, the, after the events there, mm-hmm. and then she is deposed again what whatever happens between you know season what was it season the beginning of season four of rebels and then season one of mando when we find out that moff gideon was on mandalore
2: oh so at the end of rebels for all intents and purposes bo katan was still in charge yes Yes. i didn't know that see this is why i like talking to you guys
0: Yeah, because that's why we know that something happened. We don't know how. We don't know, like, what the implications of, like... I mean, we know the Night of of a Thousand Tears, bad news for all involved. Um,
2: It doesn't sound like a pleasant event, no.
0: No, but again, we don't know, like, was there lead-up to that? Did they try to be like, you can't be in charge, and she was like, no, thank you, and then they came back and retaliated? We don't know. There are people that probably know more about this than I do, um... Dave Filoni has talked about all the Mandalorian things many times because he's just the expert. Um, But yeah, we need to fill in those gaps. And I think we're going to get more of that. Anything we don't get on screen, I would be okay with getting in some kind of book. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there are some people who are like, we need everything on screen or you don't, you shouldn't have to read things to understand. Like I get that, but uh, I, I would make an exception for anything Mandalorian (laughs) they're great
2: that you must assist upon being visual got it yes cool guys thank you so much Um, this has been a blast I know that I've certainly learned a lot I hope you have too Um, thank you for doing this Meg thank you for joining us Um, I can't wait to have you on again Um, I know Brandon has seen every Clone Wars episode so maybe he can defend divorce (laughs) imaginary
1: it's real (laughs) yep
2: I can't speak to that and don't have any intention to learn how to. So um, again, thank you so much. I'll give you a chance to plug your, what you've been working on, what you would like people to go investigate and check out what you're working. Meg, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Yeah. If you're still on Twitter, I am there at Magdowell, um, And it's really, you can find all of my things there because they're just linked. Um, now that this is lit is my star Wars books podcast on hiatus at the moment, but it is coming back. Um, and I am working on another podcast uh, that I might be able to talk about. I you do your things, and then okay,
1: sure, yeah. So you know, you can listen to my show, A Larger View of the Force, uh, both in the Clashing Sabers feed and on its own feed over there. And then you can follow me on Twitter at a larger view pod.
2: Awesome. And you can find our show at Clashing Sabers. Um, we're just kicking off our annual fundraiser. Again, the, the book batch this year, every dollar that you donate or that you put into getting raffle tickets for prizes, which you can find on the website, every dollar that you give goes straight to the act of purchasing and shipping books to schools across the country. We've sent them to elementary, middle and high school so far from from, from California to Maine. Um, so Everything that we get to raise in the month of January is what goes towards that. That's kind of the mission here is to make sure that we get some books into the hands of the kids who want, who need to read it the most. So head to the website, buy you some tickets, check out the prizes that are available that are being raffled off. A lot of books that are signed by authors. Um, there's um, artwork that was, that's was that been donated this year that is phenomenal. So check that out there. Again, if you go to our website, you can find us at clashingsapers.org or at on the Twitter, at Clashing Sabers. Guys, one last time, thank you very much. And I know Meg has never listened to the end of the show since she's never listened to any of the show before, but at least DeVore can back me up when we say, Batch 8.
1: Hi-o. What? I don't actually know the genesis of <laughs> this. Could you explain to me Are the you genesis freaking kidding this? me? I don't know it, no. Listen,
2: I'm not a gatekeeper, but you're not real Star Wars fans anymore to me. <laughs> no. Go watch... The deleted scenes for The Last Jedi. Okay. There's a scene where, holy cow, give me a minute.
1: Finn, I have watched these because I did an episode on deleted scenes in Star Wars. So and I'm you blinked. I <laughs> okay, I guess I did.
2: There's um, Finn and Rose are undercover aboard the Supremacy. And they're yeah. in the elevator. And mm-hmm. the one stormtrooper leering at Finn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the two of them grew up in the same crochet, basically. Yeah. And they were part of Batch Eight. Okay. And their sign up and when when they leave the elevator, the trooper slaps Finn on the butt and says, Batch eight. And Finn goes, Hi ho. Okay. And now you know the rest of the listen, it's it's the dumbest thing in the world, but you know what? It's our dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> The number of people who are like, what does that even mean? And we're like, you're not a real fan.
1: All Clashing Sabers Productions are the intellectual property of the Clashing Sabers Network and ClashingSabers.net. All licensed sounds and images are the property of their respective copyright holders and are used for informational and educational purposes only. For more information on our nonprofit or to nominate a teacher, go to ClashingSabers.net. For questions or inquiries, please email us at Network at gmail.com. You're just going to walk away.